Welcome back to another edition of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. My name's Tanner Lee, along with my co-host Jeff Ryan. We are uh, going to give our thoughts on the Broncos' 27-16 loss to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the game got over just not even an hour ago, so our thoughts are fresh, um, and they're going to be uh, probably uh, some frustrating thoughts. Um, but before we get into that, here's some intro music for the Mad Fanatic. All right, Jeff, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, Broncos start off 0-3, first 0-3 start since the 1999 season, which they started off 0-4. Just another frustrating game where the Broncos were in it for the most part and just felt like they couldn't get out of their own way. Indeed, Tanner, uh, three weeks in a row now where um, really a few plays here and there, um, a few poor play-calling decisions, a few untimely turnovers, uh, poor football at certain times offensively, and um, not enough defensive stands results in a, in a loss when you felt like you played well enough to maybe win the game. And so uh, the bottom result or the end result is uh, we're 0-3, and, um, you know, the only people that can hang their heads is the fans. The team hopefully will get over this one and, again, talk a bunch of the same stuff that they've, they've talked about every week of getting back on the field and, and preparing for Jacksonville. But this is this is a frustrating game for sure. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating uh, when you're trying to win a football game and you have uh, three turnovers and give up six sacks to a pretty good football team. That's usually not a recipe for success. Um. I don't know. It just feels like we're still talking about the same stuff week to week. Um, I guess one of the good things is there was no, uh, or there was only a couple holding penalties on our offense, but Garrett Bowles did not have any of those. No, um, I thought the offensive line, all things considered, played okay today. I mean, the five sacks um, is a glaring stat, but um, a couple of them were late in the game um, when Green Bay was able to pin their ears back. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of the five sack number, but I do know what to make of the fact that we had zero sacks yet again and zero turnovers. What are your initial thoughts on that? We are the first team in the last 50 years, 50, 5 to go the first three games of the season without recording a single sack or a takeaway of any kind. Wow. Um, just blows my mind. You know, we have... This is a defense that is built around Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, Chris Harris Jr. Has this evil genius, as he's called, Vic Fangio, around the defense. And yet, zero sacks and zero takeaways. Yeah. And those are things the Vic Fangio defenses of the past have been built on. I mean, we're still getting some decent pressure on the quarterbacks, but just the last three weeks, Derek Carr, Mitchell Trubisky, and Aaron Rodgers have been able to get it out of their hands pretty quick or, you know, just just find ways to uh, escape sacks. But 
that can't continue, Jeff. I mean, it cannot continue. We have to start getting sacks and forced turnovers or you're not going to win football games. No, you're not. And um, I do believe that that statistic of no sacks and no turnovers is a is largely the result of why we're 0-3 right now. There's a lot of other reasons that we're 0-3, and I think there's actually a lot of other reasons that I've thought about of why we're not getting sacks and turnovers. But that stat alone kind of points to our 0-3 uh, record, in my opinion. I think when I've watched these games, I feel like we're not forcing teams into second and third and long very often. I think uh, that our defensive line is getting pushed around quite a bit on first down. I've also noticed our secondary guys way off the receivers, just giving guys way too much room, 10 and 10 to 15 yards um, for them to pick up seven and eight easy yards on first down. And then second down as well um, to where when, you know, when it's third down and two, well, of course we can't get pressure on the quarterback because if we're playing a pass, we're only going to rush four people. If we're playing the run, doesn't matter at that point anyway. Um, you know we're not we're not uh, we're not going after the football, um, or if we are, we're just we're just you know inches away from getting it. Uh, we don't look like we're close to even forcing an interception, um, and a lot of that comes from the quick, timely passing by the other offense. But I, I personally think it's a combination of conservative play calling um, in the early downs. Uh, a secondary that is not as good as they used to be and not as aggressive as they used to be and injuries and depth issues at the linebacker position. I think those three reasons are why we're 0-3 and why we don't get any pressure and don't get sacks and turnovers. Yeah, I think uh, I think you made a good case there with all those points. It just, just so frustrating. I mean, just a handful of years ago we were the most dominant defense and I mean I always go back to that 2015 game against Green Bay when we just dominate Aaron Rodgers I had never really seen a dominant performance like that of a Broncos defense before you know a short four years later and here we are yeah no that was one of the best games I've ever seen uh I remember holding Rodgers to 50 yards passing um they didn't really do anything all game um it's those times are long gone it's really too bad yeah, and, you know, it'd be one thing if this was the only problem that that we couldn't create fumbles or, or interceptions or sacks, but it's so much more than that. It's the it's the inability to pick up big plays after a big play. You know, we have a long kickoff return, and then we go three and out on a runoff left guard, runoff right guard, and then a sack, which is the most predictable starting three plays that I literally could have predicted the Broncos to run. And you think that Green Bay is probably thinking the same thing. Come on, Vic. And, you know, Skangs, you got to fix that. Um, it's us causing – it's us um, uh, having turnovers and throwing picks and fumbling the football after big plays and after times when you can't do it. Um, it's the conservative play calling when it's under five minutes left and we're down by two scores and we're throwing – checkdowns and screens and running the ball on first down and 10 it makes no sense I mean it's just a combination of so many bad things yet still seeing some glimpses of hope that make you think this is a good team when in reality all the bad things are covering all that up it's it's so frustrating 
Yeah, it's it's the little things. Like you're you're right. This that's why this team is frustrating because there's definitely some talent, but yet they're doing the little things, shooting themselves in the foot time and time again, and doing the things you can't do if you want to win win ball games. That's what um, differentiates the good teams from the bad teams. And mm-hmm. I mean, sure I, I mean, I, I hate being in the own three category and being compared to the Jets and the Dolphins. Now the Broncos shouldn't be in that same category as the Jets and Dolphins because the Jets and Dolphins are just bad football teams and don't have much talent, whereas the Broncos, I do think, have talent. They're just not getting it done on the field. Um, yeah. And, 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 it, and it's disappointing and it's frustrating. Um, any game balls you want to give out from today's performance? Um, I definitely wanted to fill up Lindsey. He played his heart out. Um, and I think you could – give an assist to the offensive line. I, I, I do think against a Packers defense who's very good. I know we gave up the five sacks, but again, I don't know what to make of that number necessarily because some of them were at, at uh, odd times of the game. But um, I think Philip Lindsay, in addition to the offensive line was, was really good. Um, and outside of that, I mean, defensively, again, it's not like we played bad, but there's no one that stands out. Is there to you? Um, but I, I just want to follow up your point with Philip Lindsay. He did have a really good game. He had four uh, receptions for 49 yards. Then he had uh, 21 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he definitely would get a game ball for me as well. And Cortland Sutton, who had five catches for 87 yards, he's really mm-hmm. emerging as a big time, uh, big time play threat for the Broncos' offense. Um, on the defensive side, I mean Bradley Chubb had five tackles. I thought he played decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I would give Devontae Bosby a game ball, I guess. He had uh, two yeah. tackles and one assist, and he broke up a few passes. I thought he took advantage of his opportunities, and maybe he takes over uh, a lot of the steps, the snaps for um, um, Isaac Yadam going forward. I agree with that completely. But um, – uh, I got a few points, a few guys I kind of want to pick on. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on Joe Flacco today, his performance? 20 completions on 29 attempts, 213 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, and he lost the fumble on one of one of his sacks. Um, I'm just so up and down with him through three games. Yeah, it's like the first two games um, where I actually, over the whole – course of the game i would say he actually played pretty well i would say above average for all 32 quarterbacks you know playing this week um but then when the game is on the line or when there's a moment in the game of where he's got to escape from pressure or audible at the right time or find a guy or hit a hit a you know hit a pass to perfection in a big moment he doesn't do it and that's the difference in the really good teams from the mediocre teams from the bad teams. And you can't blame it on him, but you definitely can't say, oh, well, he did enough to have us win the game because I don't think he did. Yeah, sometimes he just looks like his nickname, Joe Cool, back there and looks cool under pressure. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that drive against Chicago last week, I thought he really looked poised and made some big-time throws on fourth downs. And then that beautiful – back corner throw to Emmanuel to get within one point and then they went for two mm-hmm. and connected there and then there were some points today he looked good and then there were some points he just looked like what are you doing like that uh, mm-hmm. interception he threw today I don't know if the ball just slipped out of his hand or what but that was a 
key point in the game when the Broncos are down eight and have the ball and still have a chance to go down and make things interesting. And he just seems like he's coming up with bad plays at, at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But um, but I still think, and I, and I know this is a small sample size really, but I think he's easily the best quarterback the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning retired. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he has a, I think he throws a better ball than any quarterback we've had since Peyton. Um, I think he actually is able to put us in the right position and make the right decisions um, when needed. I mean, he's thrown two picks. That one today, I do think it kind of just slipped out of his hand when you when you watch a replay. So I, I, I don't know how much. Again, you know, does a good quarterback do that? Probably not. Yeah. But, um, but still, I mean, he's he's. I would say he's definitely not the reason we're all in three. No, no, I don't think so. I think it's just a combination of a bunch of things, but I don't think you can pinpoint it straight on his shoulders by any means. I think he's played well enough for us to be 2-1, and one, maybe even 3-0. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I I, think so. I mean, you know, every guy has a part in why we're 0-3, but, but he would be lower, much lower on the totem pole for me. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you put a more dynamic quarterback in there, how these games go, just because I think the play calling – has been so, so bad at times. I mean, in the middle of the game from our second drive until like the end of the third quarter when we when we score our 16th point, I liked I liked the flow of the game. I liked the differentiation of not always running on first down and some of the quick passes. There was a really nice play to hire men. It was just a random play in the middle of the game that I liked where Flacco literally took like one step back, threw it quickly to hire men, like on a little five-yard seam, and he picked up an easy 10 yards for a first down. That was a nice, interesting play. And I thought we were doing a lot of those good things. But then in the first quarter on our first drive, we, like I told you, we did the, you know, the uh, run left guard or run right guard, excuse me, run off left tackle and then pass on an obvious third down situation. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of starting games like that. And then the fourth quarter, we looked like we had zero intent to score when we're down by two scores. So I think the play calling has a lot to do with the offensive woes for sure. Interesting little uh, stat I'm reading right now on Twitter. Uh, Joe Flacco had never been sacked as many as six times in a game before today. This is his 12th NFL season. Wow. That's that's just, you know, and then Vic, Vic Fangio is quoted after the game saying, we're not doing enough good things that the good teams who win games do. I think that's pretty yeah. uh, pretty well said. Uh, some good news: uh, X-rays were negative on Derek Wolf's ankle. Um, good. So that's that's good news. I know he was in a walking boot. And I found this quote interesting. Emmanuel Sanders said, "Times are rough around here, living in a world of suck." <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm the first one to say I love Emmanuel Sanders, but there are times when this team gets down, and he's a little too vocal, in my opinion. I. Uh, we are in a world of suck, and he's right. But I don't know. I, I just feel like I feel like he'd be the f- kind of the first one to jump ship if this thing doesn't get right. And I don't blame him. But it's like you, you gotta, you still gotta. I don't know. Not it, call out your teammates. Oh, well, it's interesting you brought that up because he he up until this game he had uh, through the first two weeks a pretty good start to the season. Today he only had, I think, like two catches for 10 yards. Um, but, uh, you know, you got players like him and Chris Harris Jr. who are on their final years of their contract. 
I know. Don't know if they'll be back next year because, for one, will the Broncos want them back for the amount of money they'll probably want? And two, will they want to be back coming to a team that, as of right now, is probably not going to make the playoffs? That's four years in a row you didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. If the season goes south, which it unfortunately looks like it's heading that direction, around the trade deadline time, do the Broncos decide they're sellers and maybe try to get some value for guys like Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris, or even. Call me crazy, Von Miller. I think they would have to consider it. Um, you know, the crazy thing though is I, I've this is why I hate the trade deadline in baseball because I feel like a lot of teams that are sellers sell without getting better, and that concept to me makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, a theory of all about future prospects of draft picks and whatnot in the NFL. I feel like your chances of getting something unknown that turns out to be good is so low that that's the, that's the reason a lot of teams don't truly sell in mm-hmm. the NFL. So if, if we become sellers and trade Chris Harris, Emmanuel Sanders, who are we going to have? Who are we going to put in there? I mean, it's and, and who are we? What are we going to do with next year? I mean, this team already has so many holes. Getting rid of the good pieces to me makes no sense. Um, but, of course, that conversation has already started and we'll, we'll continue to do so. Well, and, and I think the way you, the reason you look at that is, uh, no, I agree with you. You know, you know they're pretty much throwing the towel for the rest of the year and even it would be some gaps in the roster for next year. But it does allow you to get some draft picks, some more draft picks. I mean, that's about the only thing you can do, I guess. Um, yeah. Instead of just, you know, come free agency time next year, they both walk and you get nothing in return. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's the only I, and I, I know and I agree with you. It's just we've seen how bad some of these draft classes have been under sure. Elway. Sure. And do you really want to risk that? And I don't know. I feel like Elway just keeps exchanging pieces for a slightly different, same mediocre piece. And that's the reason that these last three years have looked the same. Um, and, you know, I know the season's not over by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Kansas City started 1-5 and five a few years ago. and um, Well, and Houston started off 0-3 last year and finished 11-5. and five. So, I mean, you yeah. never know. It just I'm, – I'm trying not to be too negative. I'm just thinking long-term, how can the Broncos fix this situation? Because I don't oh, see no, how I, they dig out of this hole. I agree. I it's, <laughs> it's an incredibly tough question because – I think first and foremost, like any great team in the NFL, it starts at quarterback. So if you can address the quarterback position and get lucky on a hit, maybe Drew Locke, maybe someone next year, who knows? You know, who knows? I don't know what Drew Locke's going to be, but you got to hit on a quarterback that's a game changer, a game play, a, a game, a playmaker um, that can that can make plays inside and outside of the pocket in today's NFL. If you can do that, then you can build around that and then afford to make trades. But right now, we can't afford to make trades because we're going to go from being a, uh, a bad team to an even worse team. And uh, it's, just, it's just frustrating. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's frustrating about Drew Locke's injury. I'm not saying it's time for a quarterback change by any means, but with no. his injury, the quickest we could see him back on the roster, I think, is like week nine against right. Cleveland. I mean – it's just that's frustrating because we got if if, if you know if, if this thing goes south and then we we might have to figure out what we have in him because next year's quarterback class coming out of college looks to be loaded. So yeah, yeah, 
You uh, know? It sure does. And I mean, I will say <laughs> if, if we do not win, obviously the next game, we got to beat Jacksonville, but if we do not win our next three games, um, I, I, I'm willing to say, I mean, I hate even having this kind of attitude, but I'm willing to say the season is essentially over because even if you beat Jacksonville and you beat Tennessee, um, and you lose to LA, you're two and five with a home game on Thursday night against Kansas city. I don't see us winning that. I don't see us beating the Colts at that point. We're two and seven playing the, uh, Browns. You got to put in block. However, he hasn't been healthy. So I don't even know if they would do that. Yeah, it's just a very, very tough schedule the Broncos have coming up, and uh, they got to start winning. I mean, it starts next week. You, you can't just you can't keep sliding. I mean, it goes back to last year. They lost their last four games. They've lost seven games in a row, um, longest yeah. streak in the NFL. Um, yep. And they and they Can haven't Gio scored has yet to pick up a win as a head coach. And I don't think the Broncos' offense has scored twenty points or more in any of those games. So Jeez. you know, and Von Miller, where, where's Von Miller at right now? He is just. Haven't heard anything from him the first three weeks. So disappointing. No. I know. I, I know. And I can't even tell if it's him, if it's the play calling, if it's Yeah, the it's hard telling. It's, it's the offensive schemes, but it's frustrating, that's for sure. And then to to, you know, put the cherry on the cake on top of all this, not only are we playing bad football, we've also had zero breaks go our way. And I and I think that's Correct. what happens to bad football teams, you know. Um the call against Chubb last week, um, the offensive holding against Emmanuel Sanders early in a huge moment in this game when we would have taken the lead, um, the fumbles here and there. Elijah Wilkinson falls on the football but still can't recover it at the end of the first half. They go down and score a touchdown. Noah Fant has a good play at 11, 12-yard game, has the ball ripped out of his out of his arms in what looked like a, just a rookie play by him. Um, when things are going bad in the NFL – you're not going to get any breaks. And so we got to make our own luck. I'm not, we're not 0 three because of the bad breaks. I'm just making the point that it, it's even that much more frustrating that even when we see glimpses of glimpses of hope, all the bad things we're doing uh, turns into even worse things just because of those little breaks. And yep. you, you can't, you can't do it. Yep. And even the injury bugs are biting the Broncos. I mean, I was listening to some uh, pregame today and Brandon Crystal said, you know, he feels like the Broncos are, Put it, holding on to the in, inevitable with Bryce Callahan because it sounds like he's going to have to have surgery. And the Broncos just don't want to face that fact because if he has surgery, he's probably done for the year. But that's probably also why a lot of teams were wary of picking him up a free agency and why the Broncos got him so cheaply. And, and John Elway's <laughs> tried to do that a bunch of free agency over the years, take these guys who have had injury problems, hoping he can get them kind of cheaper and hopefully that they – don't have those injury problems poke their ugly head up but yet in this case at a, at a position where the broncos could really need him on the field it looks like we might not even see him this year yeah well and it goes back to um you know most most of the releases the broncos have made it have actually turned out pretty good but the release of Akeem Talib still i think was most maddening to us when it happened and it still is showing to this day i know he hasn't been perfectly healthy in his time as a ram um, but he's still playing for them and being productive um, we'll see him later tonight on Sunday Night Football. and um, You know, I mean, if we still have him, him and Chris Harris as a combo, we wouldn't even be talking about this. So I don't know. It's just 
there's so many things. I mean, from Elway to Fangio to the rest of the coaching staff to the players on the field to the bad breaks to everything. I mean, there's just there's holes and problems in every aspect of this team, unfortunately. E- even top with the ownership battle. Sure. That's a huge problem. Yeah. No, it's – I can't believe I didn't include that. In that <laughs> well, race. it's – hey, at least we finally have a stadium name. Oh God! We got yeah. that. We got that under correct. Still might not have the greatest signage yet, but uh, we we did we did get that done. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, frustrating times. Uh, very frustrating times. Um, look at this Jacksonville Jaguar team that's going to be coming in, and they're coming off a big win over the Titans. They're two and one. I don't think many people saw them starting off two and one on the year. Um, you know, they got this uh, new quarterback, rookie from Washington Washington State. Uh, um, uh, why is his name Gardner. slipping? Gardner Minshew. Yep, thank you. His name's slipping my mind. Uh, the second. He's kind of he's kind of taking the league by storm right now, and uh, pretty cool backstory on him. And you know, this Jaguars defense is a pretty good defense, so they're they're gonna come and test this Broncos offense. But like you said, uh, and, and and they've been a a thorn in the Broncos side historically a few times, but. Uh, yeah, we, we got to win this game if we want to do anything this year. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I still thought that for us to have any chance at a wild card that, as crazy as it sounds, the Bears game was already a must win. Well, you know, you lose that in a heartbreaking fashion this week. You lose, and to me, what felt a little bit heartbreaking just because the opportunities were there. Um, but yeah, if you lose next week, it's, uh, there's, I don't see any point in trying to be hopeful. Um, I'm, I still have a very, very small slimmer of hope that, you know, like I said, if you, if you win this game and maybe get on a roll, we do have um, the chargers in LA after that, which they're a very good team, but to play them there, we beat them there last year in a game that no one picked us to win. You never know. Um, You never know if you get that one and then you have Tennessee at home the only chance I, I see this team doing something this year that's worth watching is by winning these next three games because then you have a Thursday night uh, home game against the Chiefs on a three-game win streak, and, and who knows? Um, you know, I know that we are – I know that we, compared to all the teams in the league, are a bad team right now, um, but I think we've shown some good things to not be 0-3. Um, and we'll see if that can – that can be proven these next three weeks against some teams that I personally believe are beatable. I mean, the chargers aren't fully healthy. They don't have their best running back. I know Austin Eckler has played tremendous, but Melvin Gordon won't be there. Uh, Their defense is a little banged up. Uh, You know, you talk about Jacksonville, they don't have their starting quarterback, even though Minshew has played well, the talent that they've played hasn't been fantastic. Um, And just to correct you on one thing, they are one and two, one and two. uh, Okay. Yeah, no, no problem there. They they won their first game against Tennessee in kind of a sloppy game, um, and then Tennessee themselves looks like a looks like a train wreck after getting an impressive Week One win. So who knows, man? I I am aware, just as you are, that this team probably is is not going to do much this year. Um, but I'm just frustrated by the fact that each of these weeks. So far into this season, we've seen enough to say, man, we could have won this game. And that's that's what kills you. And, and and like you said, you made the greatest point of all. Not doing enough of the little things to win games is what separates the good teams from the bad teams. And that's why we're a bad team at 0-3 right now. Exactly. And, that, and that's the case 
a lot of times in the NFL, I mean, now all these teams yes. are pretty good. All the players are in the NFL for a reason. It's a week-to-week league, yes. and anything can happen week-to-week. And it's different from the college game where you got, you know, Alabama playing against, I don't know, uh, yesterday Southern Miss, and Southern Miss has right. to play an absolutely perfect game, and they're still not going to be within three touchdowns. And Whereas in the <laughs> NFL, it just it literally can come down to just a couple plays. So yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to hit on with you, I know I kind of texted you about it earlier, and we're kind of jumping all around here, but that's okay. Is you know when I just look at the Broncos' offense, and I look at all their uh, targets on offense, I see of course Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton as your top two targets, and then probably rookie tight end Noah Fan as your third. And after that, it really falls off. I mean Deshaun Hamilton. I know Tim Patrick is hurt, but Deshaun Hamilton's out there. Jawan Winfrey, those guys get no balls coming their way. Um, Hireman, I guess, gets some sometimes, but uh, you got, um, I think, uh, Fumagalli was out there last week. We had another tight end in there this week. But, man, it just doesn't – and that's why I think we use Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman so much uh, yeah. as receiving options out of the backfield because we just don't have a lot of weapons, a lot of options. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what says a lot about um, the play calling – personally because i i agree with you that the 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 talent that we have outside of our outside of um sanders sutton fant uh lindsey and freeman isn't good but those five players i i think should be able to get it done and they're not and you look at kansas city they're missing players all over the place but they're putting in guys that you've never even heard of into their system and producing huge numbers with guys like nicole hardman and um Robinson and a couple other guys that you literally have never heard of until a couple weeks ago. Um, and, and that's because they have a quarterback that can make plays that can find the right guy that knows exactly where he's going with the football and a coach that has an offensive scheme that is so genius. And we have nothing even close to that. And so that's why those guys like Winfrey, Deshaun, Fumagalli, Hireman get overlooked because we don't have a system to put them in. But yet, and now I'm really jumping around, but you said, you know, you got that genius. But yet we're supposed to have the defensive genius, and we haven't had a single sack or takeaway. I know. I know, man. I don't I don't know. But doesn't it doesn't it look like to you like we're just not even an aggressive defense at all? Yeah, it looks like we're rushing three at times when we shouldn't be rushing three and, you know, not blitzing as much. I thought Fangio would blitz a ton. Um, mm-hmm. but, but other, other times, I mean, Chubb and, and, and Von Miller, but especially Chubb, he's been real close to getting a lot of sacks. The quarterback just finds a way to get the ball out just before he gets there. But so I feel like well, we're getting some hurries and some pressures, but just can't get home. Yeah. And the other problem is, you know, we talked about this before the season even started that our lack of depth is really going to hurt us. And it already has, and as we're only three weeks into the season getting beat up, I mean, I don't even want to know what this team's going to look like in three or four weeks from now. You know, if if guys keep going down, I know Josie Jewell came out of the game. Derek Wolf had to come out of the game. If guys keep going down, I mean, this is uh, this is just a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Yeah, no, you're 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 dead on with it. I I mean, uh, you know, injuries plagued this team late uh, last year, and um, it's already off to a bad start from an injury front this year, and it's. Yeah frustrating but uh you know we can't really can't really do anything about it um okay i i got a, a little more on that Emmanuel sanders uh quote I, I have the whole quote here 
Um, okay. It says, times are rough around here. Obviously, the past three years has been tough trying to get it right. We sit at 0-3 living in a world of suck. Football is still fun, but it's not so much fun when you're losing, especially when you prepare as hard as you can. You go out and you have four targets, two catches, and 10 yards, but there's always next week, so I'm optimistic. Yeah, I don't I don't love that quote. It's just he's done this a lot. I, lo- I love Emmanuel. He's a gamer. He is incredibly good, but, you know, he did drop a pass today in a, in a decently big situation. Um, and I, I get that he should be getting more than four targets, but this team is not built to throw the ball 40 to 50 times. They're just not. Um, and win. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what he expects. I mean, you, you got to you got to take the wins when you can get him. You got to take the losses, you know, in a positive light in some ways, especially this early in the season. And so to hear that's kind of like I don't know what good that does for us. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, just looking at Von Miller's uh, reactions after the game, I just you can see it on his face how frustrated he is because he knows he and this team can be so much better than they have been. Yeah. But, oh, man, yeah, just uh, not not fun times right now through the first three weeks out in uh, Broncos country. But, um, you know, hopefully the fans stick with us. I know you and I will still be watching all the games, even though we're, uh, we sound like uh, two pretty negative fans. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to be – we try to be realist, really, I think. I yeah. mean, uh, even though we are – we we try to look at uh, try to stay positive, but we also try to be real and try not to drink yeah. the orange and blue Kool Aid and wear orange sunglasses all the time. Um, yeah. So um, hopefully, hopefully people can respect that that are listening to this podcast. So well, and and you make a good point. I mean, it's it's um, I think it's important to have a perspective on this that is realistic because let's face it, we're all in three. Um, we've it's not like we played the very best teams in the league. I think Green Bay is a darn good team. We played them well, um, but I don't think Chicago or Oakland are all are all that special. No, look at what Oakland did today. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, even though we're sounding negative, it's because we're zero three, and quite frankly, we stink right now. So I don't I don't see any point in being overly optimistic. I I do I will say that you know you and I are both diehard Broncos fans, and we're going to watch them the whole season regardless, just as rest of Broncos country hopefully will but um things got to turn around and they have to turn around against Jacksonville like I said the only silver lining to this season in my eyes is going out and playing your butts off to win these next three games and then see what happens um but that's that's the only that's the only positive spin that I can put on this and also that Flacco actually hasn't been the reason we're 0-3 those are the those are the only (laughs) silver lining parts of this season to me and so um Let's take that and see if we can get any better next week. Yep, hopefully we see some changes, uh, especially defensively, because I thought we'd see a lot of new schemes and adjustments to the, going into today that maybe we hadn't seen yet. And just from the naked eye watching it, I, I didn't really see that. But hopefully we see some next week and we can actually create some pressure on this rookie, force him into some turnovers, get some sacks, and start having fun again in front of the home crowd a little bit and get a win. Indeed. Yep. So, uh, but at Orange Weekly, uh, we're still going to be bringing you content every week. You know, we got this post game podcast. Um, Jared and Matt have the pre game podcast. They break down and go into detail with the X's and O's a little deeper than Jeff and I do. Every Sunday before the game on Get Vocal, Kev Dan and one of the other guys, some weeks it's me, some weeks it's somebody else from the staff, uh, they uh, do a uh, pre game show. 
a couple hours before kickoff, so look for that on Get Vocal on Sundays. Tuesday night, we got our biggest show, which is uh, Beer, Broncos, and No BS. That is on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. We take your questions and comments. Kev Dan, Kev Dan, along with a few of the other guys, are on there. It's a really fun show. That streams live at 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. And there's also a website up that some of the guys are contributing blogs to. Just a bunch of content coming your way each and every week. And we also have a Patreon account. Uh, we'll be giving those who contribute to our Patreon account the chance to win monthly prizes as well as a grand prize at the end of the season. With tiers from $1 to $25 per month, you'll get entries for a chance to win one of our prizes. In addition, for every Broncos win during the month or months that you donate, you will receive five free extra entries for the monthly prize and the grand prize. We really do appreciate your support because we wouldn't be here without each and every one of you. So please check out www.patreon.com slash orange weekly to be entered into the chance to win some fantastic broncos prizes any closing thoughts jeff for this week's post-game podcast i don't think so um i think we've covered it pretty well um we expect a lot out of the broncos and you know that's why everyone including emmanuel sanders is frustrated um that we're on three so hopefully we turn around next week in a home game against jacksonville um, and then see what happens. Uh, you can only take this this week, uh, this league one week at a time. Um, and I, I know that the players will be focused on that. I think it's a fan thing for us to start thinking about weeks in advance. But um, you know, go Broncos. Uh, let's see what happens next week. And um, th- this team is 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 not totally out of it. So let's uh, let's just see what happens. Nope, crazier things have happened in this league that we call the National Football League. So so for Jeff and myself, we'll leave you with my highest salute and go Broncos.